0: Thank you so much for joining us today and listening to a PCF podcast. We believe listening to the Word of God will change your life. God bless you as you continue listening to this podcast. Hello and a welcome to you if you're online or if you're here uh, in person. Uh, the words of that song are reverberating in my ears. Worthy is the lamb who was slain. Worthy Is the king who conquered the grave and to a certain extent that's what I want to talk to you about this morning here's a slide it's a slide that we should all be able to relate to in some way or other it's a slide of a parent putting out their hand to their child and calling that child to take the parent's hand and be led wherever the parent wants them to go. So what do you expect is going to happen next? Anybody? So that, yeah, so our expectation is that the child takes the parent's hand. But why? Why does the child take the parent's hand? Trust. Trust. Did you get that online? Is that what you thought as well? Because they all said it here. Uh, Trust. That to the child, the parent is trustworthy, worthy of the child's trust in every situation. That to the child, the parent is worthy because they are willing to help that child. They'll do anything to help that child grow up into the mature adult that it was created to be. That the child trusts the parent because the parent's ways are best for the child. And the child trusts the parents because the parents' words come true. Whenever the parent says, come, let's do something together, the child trusts that it's going to end out okay in the end. It's going to be good at the end. I suppose if I was asked to sum up that one's expression, that says, why does the child put its trust in the parent? I would use this expression, big thinking. That the child thinks it's small, but the parent is so much bigger. (laughs) That the parent is so big, than in them in every situation, in every possible way. Big in size, big in strength, big in knowledge, big in wisdom, big in understanding, big in caring, big in doing what's best for the child. And so the child puts its hand in the parent's hand because big thinking enables the child to trust that the parent is always on their side. And that the parent always knows what's best for them. And that the parent is always totally reliable. And that's what Jesus calls us to do as his disciples. He calls us to big thinking, to put our hand in the hand of our heavenly father and to trust him in every way. In Matthew 18, the disciples are having a little walk and they're arguing amongst themselves as to who of them's the best. So they come to Jesus and they ask him this profound question. Who's the greatest in the kingdom of God? And Jesus, fully aware of their pride, shocks them by taking this little child and placing this child in their midst. And then he says these words. Assuredly, I say to you, unless you are converted. Now, the word there means to be turned around from your big thinking about yourself, from turn around from thinking how great you are and become as little children, you will by no means enter the kingdom of heaven. Therefore, whoever humbles himself as this little child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Now, the Greek word for humbles here means to stop trusting how good you are and to be totally dependent on another. So what Jesus is calling us to do as his disciples is to be like these little children who have big thinking about our Heavenly Father and small thinking about ourselves. I don't know if you can remember all the way back to August, to the very first session we did on this series on the God who makes the impossible possible. But... In that session, we watched a video from Alan Hewitt on the power of imagination. And one thing that Alan said, one comment he said really struck me. And it struck me because it's absolutely identical to one of our PCF culture statements. And it's this. We never insult God with small thinking. Now, small thinking is when we don't think big enough of our Heavenly Father that we are prepared to take his hand and go wherever he's prepared to take us. Big thinking is when we as individuals, followers of Jesus Christ, or as a a, a church, won't take risks for God or for his kingdom because... We don't think he's worthy of our trust in every situation. But Jesus doesn't call us to small thinking. He calls us to big thinking about God. He calls us to take our Father's hand in every situation and to trust him whatever situation we face because our God is always willing, His ways are always the best for us, and his words are always true. So, let's look at the first of these. God calls us to big thinking by taking his hand and trusting that he is always willing, that he is always on our side, that he is always for us and not against us. That our Heavenly Father's heart for us is so full of infinite love that everything that he allows to happen in our lives is because he longs for the very, very best for us. And yet, as his children, we sometimes hesitate to take his hand we should I shouldn't I will I won't I (laughs) because if we're honest we believe and trust that he's able to help us in this situation but we're not quite so sure that he's always willing To do the impossible for us in this situation we're facing? You know, we tend to be like the leper in Mark chapter 1. This man comes to Jesus and he says, Jesus, I know you are able to cure me, but I'm not so sure you're willing. If you are willing to cure me. Now, friends, if we're ever in a situation where we're doubting if God's willing to help us in that situation, listen. Just remember Christ's response to this man who questioned if Jesus was willing to help him we read these words, then Jesus moved with compassion, stretched out his hand and touched the man. Jesus moved with compassion, just like a parent when they see their child in distress, will do anything to rescue their child from the problem they're facing. So Jesus is moved with compassion and will do anything to rescue this man and rescue us. The word for compassion here means to be moved in the very depths of our being, in the bowels of our being, so that Jesus was moved with every fiber of his being to help this man. And he's Moved with every fiber of his being to help you and me in whatever situation we're facing. That's how willing God is to help us. Jesus, moved with compassion, stretches out his hand. Just like a parent sees their child in a desperate situation and they'll stretch out their hand and say, take my hand and I'll help you and I'll move you out of this situation. And Jesus does that to this man. And Jesus, who's the same yesterday, today, and forever, is doing the same to us in every situation we face. He's is stretched out, and he's saying, will you take my hand? Will you trust me? Will you grab my hand and let me take you out of the situation you are in? And Jesus, moved with compassion, stretches out his hand, and he touches this leper. He touches this man with a highly contagious, incurable, fatal, infective disease. And he cures him. Because Jesus will never allow anything to get in the way of his willingness to help us. That's how willing God is to help us. And Jesus touches this man who has been rejected by society for years, who is deemed to be unclean, unimpure, defiled, not worth knowing, not worth meeting, not worth just forget him. But Jesus touches him because Jesus never rejects us. He always loves us. And he always wants us to take his hand. And if we are tempted to doubt if Jesus is willing to help us, please friends, just remember the words of Jesus to this leper. I am willing And whatever situation you face as you go into your future, whatever trials and tribulations you face, remit those words of Jesus, reverberate and resound in your ears. I am willing. That's how willing our God is to help us. You know, Psalm 18 is a great psalm of praise about how willing God is to help us. It actually, the title actually tells us that it was written because God delivered David from the hand of all his enemies. And actually it says God stooped down and grabbed David and lifted him out of the situation he was in and put him on an open, spacious place that was so good because God delights in us, is the words that it says. And friends, that's exactly what Jesus did for us. He stooped down from the glory of heaven and took on our humanity and experienced the things that we experienced, the trials and tribulations that we experienced, the rejection, the pain, the suffering, the hate, the the torture, and even the crucifixion for us, so that we would have the opportunity to take his hand and whatever situation we face, he could take us out into a wide open space that is so much better than where we are at, because he delights in us. That is how much God loves us. You know, I love the way the message puts Romans 8.32. It says this, if God didn't hesitate to put everything on the line for us, embracing our condition and exposing himself to the very worst by sending his own son, is there anything else he won't gladly and freely do for us? If God gave himself for us, that's how willing he is to help us. Nothing is going to get in his way of trying to help us. Friends, we can have confidence. We can put our hand in God's hand because he is always, not just able, but also always willing to help us. So let's think of the second of these things about God's calling us to big thinking by taking his hand and Trusting his ways over our own ways. To trust the way God does things, even though they don't always make sense to us. You know, the, the child doesn't fully understand everything the parent does. And yet that child still takes the parent's hand because the child trusts that the parent knows what they're doing. Trusts that the parent's way is best. And yet, see, we don't think we're children, do we? We think we're adults. And as adults, our ways are best. As adults, our ways are better than God's ways. As adults, if God doesn't do things the way I think they should be done, in the way I think he should do them, in the time scale that I think he should complete it by, then I start to say, hmm, God... I don't like your ways. You know, friends, that is small thinking about God and big thinking about ourselves. That is hesitating to take God's hand because I don't trust God's ways enough in every situation. But friends, God doesn't call us to small thinking about ourselves and a big sorry, he calls us to small thinking about ourselves and big thinking to him. He calls us to trust his ways even when we don't understand them. But to trust his ways actually simply because he's God and we're not. In Isaiah, God tells us himself these words, my thoughts. Are nothing like your thoughts. And my ways are far beyond anything you could imagine. For just as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways bigger than your ways, and my thoughts bigger than your thoughts. You see, God's ways are vast, and they seem incomprehensible to us this side of, of eternity. And they involve big thinking that is often too great for our Small human minds. And if we think that we can always work out, think out God's ways for what He's doing in our lives, or if we think even that we can outthink God's ways by coming up with a better plan than He has, we're the ones who are out of our minds because they're too small. And yet, God doesn't want us to give up on trying to know these ways. Yes, they're cosmic. Yes, they're ginormous. Yes, they're about the eternity of the universe. But they're also about me and my life. They're also personalized down to my individual situation. That God's ways are so big that they involve the restoration of the whole of his creation from the fall, but they're also so detailed that they're down to every aspect of my life, even down to the number of hairs in my head. And that God's ways are so big that they are caring and competent at levels we can't even begin to understand. And yet, he's calling us to trust him this is these ways are infinite and they are intimate at the same time i love this in um, colossians 1 in the message and it says this all the broken and dislocated pieces of the universe people and things, animals and atoms, they get properly fixed and fit together in vibrant harmonies, all because of his death, his blood that poured down from the cross. That is the infinite of God's ways. That is Christ's death redeeming his entire creation from the fall. But it goes on to say this. We are a case study of what he does, By giving himself completely at the cross, actually dying for us, Christ brought us over to God's side and put our lives together, whole and holy in his presence. That is the intimate of God's ways. That is Christ's death, redeeming our lives, the mess of our lives, our brokenness, and putting our lives together, making our lives whole, and holy in his presence. So, you see, God doesn't want us to just shrug our shoulders and say, oh man, his ways are so much bigger than my ways, I just just give up and not even try to learn them. Because the beauty of it is, the amazing thing is, God wants to reveal his ways to you and me, for your situation. He don't want to sit up there in heaven and say, This is I did it that way, but I didn't tell you why. He wants to reveal things to us. You see, a few verses before he tells us about how high his thoughts are, higher than our thoughts, he calls us to come into his presence. He calls us to listen to him. He calls us to actually hear what he wants to say to us. He says, come to me with your ears wide open. Listen and you will find life. Through the Holy Spirit, God wants us to come into his presence and for him to reveal his ways to us in our situation, one step at a time. He wants us to come into his presence with our ears wide open and to put our hand in his hand, by trusting his ways, even when we don't see the whole picture, even when we've only got one piece of the jigsaw, even when it doesn't make sense to us. Um, So, friends, that's what we ought to do, trust his ways. And there is a third one, which is, to put our hand in God's hand by trusting his word. You see, the child, when the parent says to the child, come with me, the child has an expectation of whether those parents' words are gonna come true or not. The child can expect that, that, look, the parent is actually Tell them the truth, or they're not. And when the child's expectations that those words are true and will come to pass, then that's big thinking. And when the child thinks, you know something? Don't trust those parents' words. Not going to happen. That's small thinking. But God calls us to big thinking, to, to trust the, the words of God. You see, when that child takes the parent's hand, it's in that action that they are putting into action and demonstrating their trust in the parent and what the parent is doing. That is actually faith. Faith is Demonstrating by our actions our trust in God. Hebrews 11 puts it this way faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. The word for hoped for there in the Greek means expectation. So we can translate it this way faith is putting into action or expectation that what God has said he will do, he will do. But there are two things here I want to point out to. I want you to grasp these two things. First thing is this, that faith has everything to do with how big the parent is and nothing to do with how big the child's trust is. That actually, if faith is putting into action what we, our expectations, what God will do. It's the act of grabbing that parent's hand that is faith, that is demonstrating that we trust God. And you either dem- you grab that hand or you don't grab that hand. You can't grab it in a big way or you can't grab it in a small way. You grab the hand or you don't. But as soon as you grab that hand, the parent is able to take that child wherever they want to go and do the impossible that the child couldn't do on their own because it's the parent that does it, not the child. And that's why Jesus says to us, if we have faith the size of a mustard seed, we can move mountains. Why? Because our faith doesn't do anything, really. It's our Heavenly Father who does it. Our faith is just in the Heavenly Father doing it. So if we have really small faith in a big, big Heavenly Father, we can move mountains. Small faith in a big, big God moves mountains. The second thing to point out is this. Can you see that the longer the child gets to into the presence of the parent the more they get to trust them and the easier it becomes for them to take that parent's hand the more that they know that the parent is always willing that the parent's ways are always best and that the parent's ways are always reliable the quicker that child will grab the parent's hand so the more if we want our faith to grow It grows because we're in God's presence and we get to know God more. And in getting to know him more, we get to trust him more. And the more we trust him, the quicker we grab his hand and the bigger our faith. (laughs) You see, Romans 10 puts it this way. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Now, the word for faith here always means it's a gift from God and it has never in any use in the Bible means that it's something that we conjure up from the depths of ourselves and the word for word there is the rhema which is the Lord himself is the one who speaks his dynamic living word into a believer and he is the one who grows faith in that believer so do you see that if we think our faith is small and we say, I want big faith, we don't get bigger faith by getting up and the morning, squeezing and hoping and ah, I need big faith to come from inside me. Because faith doesn't come from inside us. Faith is a gift from God. And we get fake faith by being in his presence and getting to know him more. And the more we spend time in his presence, and the more we get to know his word, the more faith will grow in us. If I can be honest, we all have expectations of what God's going to do. But sometimes our expectations aren't actually in line with what God's actually saying to us. This is where we get struggle with this word Hope. In, in, in Hebrews 11, you know, it's, I hope that God does this for me. That's my expectation is that God will do things my way. But by getting into his presence and letting the Holy Spirit speak to us, we learn what his expectation is and we learn what his ways are. And if our ways aren't aligned with his ways, then we've got to change our expectations in lines with his expectations. But equally, if our expectations and God's what God's telling us through the Holy Spirit and through his word are in line with one another, then let's grab his hand in faith and let's run with where he's taken us and let him go wherever he wants us to go. But let's not be like the, per, the child who dilly-dallies and scratches their head and says, yeah, you know something, my expectation is that when my father says to me he's, he's gonna do that, he'll do it. But you know something, I'm just not gonna take his hand just in case he doesn't do it. Or just in case, I got it wrong. Or just in case, inactivity, because we think we know best. No, friends, let's put our hand in God's hand by trusting his word in every situation. So, this morning, God, our big heavenly father, is putting out his hand to us. And he's saying, are you going to take my hand in the situation that you face in your life? As you walk out of here, will you take his hand? he's saying to us will you trust me that i'm always willing will you trust me that my ways are best even when you don't understand will you trust me that my words will come to truth will you put your hand in my hand because because i am a big big father because i am able to carry out my purposes and do superabundantly more than all we dare ask or think infinitely beyond our greatest prayers or hopes or dreams according to his power that is at work in us you see friends our heavenly father is big enough to take us wherever he wants to take us but he's got a few questions for us today he's saying where do god want to take you In your individual life, in your situation, as you face today. And what is God is asking you to expect of him as he leads you? And what is he raising your expectations with? And what Rhema word is he's speaking into your situation that brings life that goes right to that bone and the marrow of the situation that you're in and brings it to life this week let's take time in his presence because as we take time in his presence we'll, we'll get to know him more as we take time in his presence the answers to those questions will become more clear to us as we take time in his presence, we learn to put his ha- our hand in his hand to change our impossible into his possible. Cuz that's faith. But you know something? Why bother waiting till next week? We've got a time of worship now. We've got an option to come into his presence now. We've got the opportunity of listening to him now, listening to what he's saying to you. We've got an opportunity for a rhema word, for him to speak to you if you've got your ears wide open during this time of worship. Let's not just sing songs. Let's come into the presence of the living God now and let him call out to us and let him As he puts his hand to us, may we take his hand and let him go wherever he wants to go.